Becoming the best at your sport or chosen field takes hard work and dedication. It also takes hard work and dedication to becoming the best spouse or parent that you can be. In today's episode of the Doer's Journey podcast, you're going to hear from world champion and pro athlete Robert Killian as he shares how he's been able to balance his family life with his pro life so he can be the best he could be as an athlete and also the best he can be as a father and a spouse. Welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast, the podcast that will motivate and inspire you to not only be a hearer, but to start being a doer. Because you know deep in your heart that there's so much more in you. The purpose of each episode is to provide you with actionable steps that you can take to assist you in your journey towards your goals. We will have topics that are relevant to you, and you'll hear from experts and influencers that will provide you with information you can take action on. I'm your host, Carlos Frank. Now let's be doers and dive into this episode. Hey, 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 Doers Journey family. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. And you know what? Today is another special podcast. Not just because of the great guests that you're going to hear from in a minute who I'm going to introduce you to, but because this is the 20th podcast episode of the doer's journey and i'm so excited like i always say that i am and also i'm just so grateful for you i'm grateful for the fact that you listen to this podcast i'm grateful for the fact that you share this podcast with other people and i'm grateful for the fact that many of you have reached out to me and told me how this podcast has impacted you you've shared your honest feedback about it some things you'd like to hear and i just love hearing from you and i love doing this for you from the get-go this podcast has always been about you this podcast has always been about taking you and moving you from inspiration and motivation and getting you to take action that's why we call this the doer's journey it's not just about hearing this and getting motivated and feeling excited sitting in your car running or whatever or however you're listening to this it's about going out and taking action that's why i have high level guests on here experts influencers world-class athletes like the one you're about to hear from because i want you to be able to take at least one thing from each episode apply it to your life and get results so this is the 20th one so thank you again for all that you do please continue to share this and if you haven't done so yet would you mind going out and giving us a rating on itunes that's what helps people like you awesome people Find out about this podcast and see this podcast. So go ahead, go out there, give us a five-star rating and give us an honest review so more people like you can find this podcast. All right, so thank you again for sharing in and listening to this 20th episode of the Doer's Journey podcast. Now, let me quickly introduce you to today's guest and some of the topics you're gonna hear us talking about. Today, you're gonna hear my conversation with Robert Killian Jr., now, Robert is a pro athlete, and more specifically, he's an obstacle course race pro athlete. Maybe you've heard of something called Spartan Race. Well, Rob is a Spartan Race world champion, and he's also won the best ranger competition, which you'll hear more about that. But let's just say that's the best of the best when it comes to military. Not only is Robert a pro athlete, but more importantly, he's a husband and a father. And we talk about Rob's career as a pro athlete, but we also talk about how he's been able to balance out being a championship athlete while still being a champion at home. 
So let's dive into this episode with Robert Killian Jr. as we talk about his journey to becoming a world championship athlete and becoming the best dad and spouse that he can be at home. All right, Rob Killian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate you uh, blocking off a little bit of time. It's been busy for me, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I was able to sit down and, and finally uh, answer some questions for you. Oh man, no, I appreciate you being on here. And so, Rob, what what is does a Spartan race world champion do when there are no Spartan races? Tell me about that. Well, it's been it's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, you know, I, I've been crushing it for the past five years so for me it was like man this is actually a really good opportunity to let my body rest and heal up I've been pushing myself to the max you know seeing what the human body is capable of but um when you can't race anymore you, you find the next the next thing right so for right. me um, I'm still out there seeking out events uh, I've transitioned over to the tactical games so put a little bit of uh, my military background into uh kind of like a functional fitness atmosphere a little bit of crossfit um style shooting competition and uh, that's what I'm, I'm mainly focused on right now so now as far as is there any word right now as far as when the spartan races might start back up for you guys no i mean there's still rumors that it's just you know in the united states so potentially there could be you know the trifecta world championships out in uh sparta greece later in november um i'm not sure about abu dhabi it's not looking good i've heard um from the abu dhabi, abu dhabi sports council so uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, yeah, potentially um, something in November overseas. But who knows with 2021 um, elections coming up? I mean, you can go right back into flu season during the winter. It's all going to be on be on the local government because trust me, Joe DeSena wants to get out there and run people on the ground and make it happen. <laughs> but you know, it's up to the local, state, and governments, and they're protecting their citizens as they should be. They're looking out for everyone's health and well-being. And unfortunately, right now, we've seen it across the realm of all sports that if you're, uh, you know, mass participation or a lot of spectators are just not opening the floodgates quite yet. Right, right. Well, and let's let's take this back a little, Rob, because we just really just jumped into the conversation. And as I said in the introduction, I mean, you're a world champion, uh, best ranger champion. You've, you're at an elite status, pro, pro athlete. But talk to us, if somebody asked you, they're walking down the street or in the elevator with you, and they said, you know, what, hey, what do you do for a living? How would you answer that question? I mean, I guess professional athlete. Um, mm -hmm. I was a full-time military member working on active duty um, nonstop from 2004, pretty much until 2015 when I won the uh, Spartan Race World Championships. I was actually a member of the All-Army OCR team. Mm -hmm. And that's when uh, every fiscal year money resets. So even right now at the end of September, you know, a lot of guys are coming off orders. And uh, that happened to me in 2015. I won the Spartan Race World Championships on October 1st, the very next day. And they're like, hey, do you want to do this professionally? And I was like, well, man, I could actually make money and make a living doing this. And they're like, right. well, you made 15 grand in about two hours. So I guess that's not horrible. But of course, you got taxes and everything else to think about and uh, all the training time you put into it when you weren't getting paid. So it's definitely a balance. But I was like, hey, I'll take a stab at being a professional athlete while I'm at the age where I can probably still do that. Put my military career on pause. And uh, that, so that's pretty much what I've been doing for the past five years is I've, I've been 
um, really um, advocating for the sponsors that I believe in and the products that I've been using for man, since you know, 2004, 2009, 2012, a lot of the stuff um, you know, that, I, that makes me successful. They've been such, you know, it's been such a blessing to have them support me as an athlete because you can't all always rely on prize money um, or, you know, what you get um, for traveling into these races for appearance uh, fees and stuff like that. So it's definitely an eye opener. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh man, I want to be a professional athlete. These guys got to go, you know, so good. It's, it's super chill. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's like you're working three jobs. Right. You got the media side. You got, you know, to actually work out, um, of course, to prepare and or to show up and win and execute. And then you have to, you know, do all the travel side of the house. And you got to coordinate with all your sponsors for meet and greets, for photo shoots, for everything that comes, you know, with that um, as well. So it's uh, it's definitely a balance with the family and everything. And, uh, you know, just trying to make it work one day at a time. Right. And, you know, that's one reason I wanted you to be on here, Rob. And as I've been preparing and, and just looking into your story, one of the reasons I really wanted to have this conversation with you, other than being kind of a fanboy of a Spartan world champion. And, you know, I've reached out to you in the past about preparing for a world championship or not world championship, but the Spartan races and all that. But I just really admired how you always seem to put your family first and have that great balance. And, you know, with this being the Doer's Journey podcast, a lot of times, a lot of us, especially a lot of the listeners, because a lot of listeners of this podcast are entrepreneurs, go-getters, mm -hmm. but we, we're out there being so busy doing that we forget how to be, you know, be a great husband, be a great right. father and those other things. And, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit here, but I do want to talk a, a little bit more about the Spartan races and all that. Um, so, okay. so talk to us a little bit about the best ranger competition. Yeah, so uh, the best ranger competition is a three-day military competition. It puts the uh, you know the the best or the rangers um, who are all across the army. They go and try out to represent their division, to represent ranger regiment, to represent a ranger training brigade, um, all the different you know major uh, divisions out there. Um, we send uh, 100 rangers, 50 teams to pretty much battle it out for, you know, bragging rights of who's the best of the best. I mean, 1% of our population is in the military. And then another 1% of that are ranger qualified within our military ranks. So you're literally taking the 1% of the 1%. And yeah, it is, uh, it's a, it's a grueling battle. Um, only 24 teams are even allowed to advance to the second day. I think they cut it down to 16 now. So you could you could still be really good, um, but if you're not in that you know first cut on the first day, you're you're going home. So uh, it's definitely um, a challenge uh, between endurance, um, a lot of deployment tasks that you would be required to do as a ranger if you were deployed in combat. So that's why I love it so much. I love training for it because it keeps me sharp on the most important things. Um, sometimes in the military we get bogged behind a computer screen or we're just you know, we're in meetings all the time and we don't just, you know, take a step back and look at the basic fundamental things that you need to be successful at when you deploy and be proficient at. Um, a lot of times we're in those meetings planning to execute those type of things. But um, as an officer, we don't always get to see that side of the house. Um, you know, we want our soldiers and our enlisted guys um, to be able to be, you know, as proficient as possible. Um, but yeah, we're doing everything from, you know, jumping on helicopters, parachute operations, um, we're doing medical tasks, ranger first responder, rifle, pistol, bow and arrow, you know, machine guns, 
Um, they even bring back uh, some of the legacy weapons, M1 Grand. Um, you're doing like foreign weapons uh, sometimes, um, all kind of obstacle course races. And just to give you a little snippet, if you've done a Spartan race, there's actually out of the 24 events that we do over the three days, a Spartan race is one of those. So if wow. you're like, man, I did a Spartan race and it crushed me, <laughs> think about doing like 24 more events um, or at least 10 before you did the Spartan race. And then, hey, it's immediately after you do the Spartan race, we go into 12 hours of land nav at night with a, you know, a 50 pound rucksack and you're out there by yourself or with your, with your teammate, um, you know, trying to navigate over 30 miles sometimes of terrain to get, you know, as many points as possible. And um, in a nutshell, that's it. I mean, it, it took a while. Um, I finished sixth, um, second, second, first, and then third. So I, I've had um, four podiums, which is, uh, yeah, it was amazing, but uh, a couple, a couple of super close finishes. Um, and then finally was able to, to nug it out in 2016. And uh, right after I won the world championships, 2015. So I was, I was, I was pretty good shape that year. It was, yeah. uh, I was on, on point. Now, as far as, so you got best ranger and then it was after that you went out and competed for Spartan, correct? Correct. So I, I was competing um, in best ranger where I got second and second. And then uh, Colonel Collins, he's a um, West Point grad, um, Green Beret. He's kind of my mentor, does all army sports, um, marathon guy did best ranger and what he did is he called a bunch of guys who were really successful at best ranger say hey we're putting together a team to go compete at the spartan race world championships i'm like well, what is spartan race what is it i don't even know what that is it's like oh it's an obstacle course race should be fine it's like the derby queen or the nasty nick that you do the q course and he's like <laughs> and i'm like dude i'm not gonna be the guy that shows up and hasn't done in a race you know and <laughs> i don't know what to expect so i went up to breckenridge breckenridge colorado so i live here in uh, the springs and i got crushed like i couldn't even walk I just walked down a flight of stairs. My quads were so sore. My arms are sore because it works out everything. Lower back, mm -hmm. um, upper body, lower body, endurance, speed. I mean, you look, you feel like you got hit by a bus. There's not mm -hmm. a body or a muscle in your body that's not sore after you've done a Spartan race. So I was like, man, I really got to buckle down and train like all aspects of fitness. You can't just focus on one. And I think that's what made me successful that year is I judged I thought every Spartan race would be like Breckenridge and Breckenridge is actually one of the hardest ones ever. So, uh, so yeah, it was a good first race to do. And I ended up uh, pulling out the win in 2015 and that, that background of best ranger and that, um, grit that I would, uh, I, I think is one of my strong suits to go back to is what helped me, um, to get through that. That's awesome. So now as you're, you're approaching a race, or an obstacle and from what from what I've seen of you and you know all the videos I've seen of you and what I've watched I would say that you're a very tactical and strategic person would would that be correct oh 100% I mean I'm I'm thinking about you know so many things during the race there's there's so many dynamics and you, you kind of do have to be focused on the moment focused on the obstacle um, and try not to get too far ahead of yourself or you know, once you get through something, be like, oh, maybe I could have done that better. You just got to leave it in the past. But um, it's definitely advantageous in obstacle course racing technique and, you know, how much effort you give, not only in the obstacles, but at certain parts of the course um, are, in my opinion, what makes me um, successful. I'm not going to give you all the, you know, the bread and butter of what I do during a race, but um, yeah. I, I'll just leave it at I'm super strategic. And uh, there's a reason why I have five consecutive podiums at the world championship. I love it, man. So 
what happens when Rob Killian approaches an obstacle that he's never seen before? Um, I mean, one of the first things you, you got to kind of, if you have that field of vision when you're running up to it, kind of make that assessment. If you're not in first, man, maybe there's a guy on there. That's, that's one of the things I did in my very first race in uh, um, Palmerton is I just sat back and watched um, Cody and Atkins kind of technique and see how they did it. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I would say unfortunately, but I found myself in first place after the swim because they both didn't do very great on the swim. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to swim because I'm a triathlete. Just get across here. And then of course they came and smoked me on the barbed wire and the rope climb, which I had never done before. And their technique was so much faster because I'm over here like a military dude, low crawling. And they just come in through like spinning sideways. And I'm like, Whoa, you could do that. <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, you just, you go into it and you think about maybe, you know, past experiences um, that you've done. And uh, nowadays, I mean, I've done 105 obstacle course races at Spartan alone, probably like a good 150 um, all time. So there aren't many obstacles that I haven't seen. I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to that day. Maybe when I do come up to an obstacle that I, I haven't done before. And uh, I know OCR World Championships, I was really looking forward to getting to that event this year. I got to, I got to go two years and then I had always had military obligations um, during that time frame the past couple of years. And I was able to go down to Texas and do the national championship and that was that was pretty awesome but uh yeah just, just it's fun to see different obstacles and uh, approach them in a different way but uh i do try to you know scan the webs and scan people's um you know instagram and social media so i can oh that's a new obstacle <laughs> you know i mean hit up the distributor um and, and see uh see if i can get that you know or get that widget to uh, train on before i actually face it in uh, a race situation so what's the obstacle when you see it coming? You're like, oh yeah, man, this is my favorite. I'm about to crush this one. What's that obstacle? Yeah, um, I mean for me, it's it's that love hate. You know the spear throw. It's uh, you go into it and you're like, you could practice for it as much as you want, but when you get there, it's all there's always a different dynamic to it in a race, and it can make and break you. But that's what I love about it is if you have that opportunity to excel under pressure, you know when the moment. It, it, when it matters and that's that's one of the obstacles that I would say you know is the most like that um, the other ones you can do you know you could do a ton of dead hangs and pull-ups you're going to get through most of the grips obstacles unless it's cold and raining um, you know you can do a sandbag carry you can do monkey bars all that stuff but spear throw I mean and the the tire flip you know what I mean you got you got to be on your game you got to know the technique and you got to uh, give it an all all-out effort to get through those so now what if you can think back what was one of your toughest obstacles that you faced or can still remember that man that one that one crushed me um I don't know if it would be you know something that crushed me but it was it was definitely a challenge uh, a couple times with the tire flip and I wouldn't say that it was in dry conditions but when it gets wet and muddy mm -hmm. you just can't grip that thing I mean we saw it time and time again guys who were literally twice as you know strong as me who have done it with ease on that day that it's like rainy or, you know, it's wet and they got mud on their hands, tiring, flipping, it gets sucked into the ground and it's, uh, it's hard to get over. But uh, yeah, that happened to me at Tahoe. I was in first, uh, went through the ape hanger. And uh, one of the disadvantages of going through some of the, something like that um, where you use your hands and you're in first place is, when they come out of the conics and nobody touches them, sometimes there's a lot of dirt or grime or oxidation on the metal. 
So I went through, my hands were just like black. There was some grease on them or something. Mm. So I'm actually the guinea pig going through and wiping that stuff off for, you know, the guy behind <laughs> me who comes through and just no dirt. No, you know what I mean? Like, uh, right. so I, I, I wiped my hands in the water and I was like, man, that'll make it better. And then no, it, like it made it worse. <laughs> so I got over there and I just could not get the tire. But, um, you know, I took a step back. I kind of like wiped my hands off, just let them dry for a second. But that was it. Like I, I tried three times with wet hands. And then as soon as I just took 30 seconds, pause, you know, kind of uh, find a dry spot on the tire, boom, traction, tire went straight up. And it's like, you know, it's a difference between night and day. I mean, when, it, when it's wet or dry. So, and I think everyone could kind of share that similar struggle with me, um, whether you're a pro um, or not. So it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. And I, I do, you know, appreciate that obstacle and like it because, I mean, it shouldn't be too easy, right? Should, right. Just always have something that you should leave um, and want to want to go back and work on. Right. All right. Two questions, Rob, before we get into the, the meat of this again, talking about how you've been able to balance out being a champion, uh, Spartan champion, all kind of other champions, but also a champion at home with your family. What's one piece of advice you would give somebody who wants to start competing in Spartan races? Um. I mean, yeah, it all depends on your situation. Um, I would say just get out there and do it. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to fail obstacles or I'm not going to do good. But, man, you'll just learn so much. And I promise when you get out there, you're going to have fun and you're going to want to go back. And everyone out there, the community, that's what I actually miss the most of not being able to race is, you know, how supportive everyone is and how nice everyone is out on course. And they want to help you and they want to tell you, hey, man, just try this technique and you'll get through it or don't give up. And yeah, you, you're going to, you're going to get addicted. You're going to be like, man, I want to come back and get my trifecta or I want to do an ultra. There's always that next level. So I would say just get out there and try it. Um, definitely come, you know, with a little bit of endurance, uh, a little bit of strength, be able to do, you know, at least 10 pull-ups, be able to run, you know, six miles nonstop. Um, make sure you, you know, you're hydrated, you, you get a good amount of sleep, stuff like that, typical things. And uh, yeah, bring your family out. There's kids races. Um, you know, they got, competitive two mile mile half mile um minimum age is four so you can you can come out and do you know make it a family you know day incorporate everybody i would say that's my biggest balance is trying to find ways to incorporate my kids into my training whether it's pushing them in a bob stroller putting them on on my back in a backpack or you know having them ride a bike while i'm running just trying to to get them as fired up and interested in what I'm doing so that they share that passion. And um, yeah, even when they're watching me on TV and stuff, you know, it's pretty cool because they, they're like, oh, there's daddy. That's what he's doing. You know, huh. They understand what Spartan race is and it's part of their life too. So I'd say just try to, you know, keep your family incorporated and, um, and try to, you know, have that balance um, first and foremost. Right. Well, Rob, I'm going to commit to you right here on this podcast and the community can also hold me accountable when Spartan races open back up within the first, I don't know, three to six months, I will be competing in a Spartan race and you can hold me to that, brother. I will get it. I'll send you a free race code. How about that? You ain't got to pay for it. Oh, sweet. I (laughs) I I receive it, man. Awesome. So before we get into these family questions, Rob, I got to ask you this question. This is a question I ask every guest on the Doer's Journey podcast, and that is, what is Rob Killian's superpower? What is your doer's superpower, that trade or skill or value that you've been able to leverage during your life? 
hard to say it's like determination grit you know like that's one thing you know is uh i didn't come from you know very um i would say i guess and i don't know man nowadays i feel like i'm more normal but i came from an untraditional background with um, my my dad left uh, when i was a young age i went to live with my mom and she couldn't take care of me so i went to live with my uncle i was kind of between homes you know first growing up in a trailer park and a really like rural area um Ainer, south carolina and uh you know when i was going through high school and stuff i didn't i didn't know how to read well i didn't know how to do that stuff because i never focused on it and uh you know a lot of people were criticizing about that you know you can't do this or i feel like that them hearing them say that made me more determined than anything else you know and i think that stands true for like athletics you know it's like um people look at me and they're like, that guy won the world championships. He's like skinny, you know, or whatever, you know, he's bald. He has, he's got a family. How does he have time? He's also in the military. And I just love when people underestimate me or like, even last year, nobody said a single thing about me winning the world championships. Spartan race excluded me. And I was just back in the, you know, training in the dark. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I was just like, that was using that as fuel. Mm -hmm. You know, he's injured. He's getting older. He's finished third the past three years. I was like, yeah, just send it. Keep cutting me down because it's just raging this fire <laughs> inside of me. And you guys have no idea what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, I would say that grit and determination. Like if uh, if I go out, you know, and I feel like there's something that I want to do, I don't care how many times it takes me to do it. I think I proved that in the best ranger competition. I don't know if you saw the video when I finished, but I like fell to my knees and I was like, mm -hmm. finally, you know what I mean? Like. Uh -huh. I put like four years and it's sacrifice, right? Cause you're sacrificing all this time away from your family. And you want that to mean something. You want that to be something that you leave with and that's value. And you say, Hey, I didn't waste that time. I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, sacrifice that for no reason. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you achieve it, you're like, all right, you know, I, I did that. But then it's like, what's the next hardest thing, right? <laughs> you right, gotta, right. You got to level up, which um, I'm, I don't know how to get, any more higher than what I've done but uh yeah I'm always still seeking self-improvement and trying to uh, go to that next level right and I was going to ask you that too so another last question here what what did you do because a lot of times you hear about these athletes or these people that get, achieve high things like Olympians they go to the Olympics they win the gold or they get there and then it's like they actually go through depression because they've yeah. reached the highest level what have you done to keep that edge um well, I want to say it's the edge for me. It's like being a mentor. I want mm -hmm. to teach and try to give back to people trying to get to that level and be more of an inspiration. Um, then, you know, I get that all the time. They're like, Oh, well, Atkins beat you with this or Woods beat you with this. And I was like, I wasn't trying to win that race. I didn't, you know, I were like, you know, it wasn't that but everyone thinks that you have to be a winner. You have to win every single race to be successful, but no, mm -hmm. it's like, it's in your mind. Like, what do you deem success as, or what is your goal for that? Um, people can think whatever they want and they can say whatever they want, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about you. It's about what you want and about how you feel and not letting them influence or make you feel bad. Or like, you know, some people are like that. They like to brag. They like to be on top. They like to, that is, that is their way of defining success for me. That's, that's not like I, I work hard and I'm determined to train and to like, you know, be consistent and to be a role model for my kids. And that's what makes me successful. I don't think it's, um, it comes hand in hand because I do hard work and I, you know,
know, I do prepare. I, I'm eventually, you know, I'm going to win because I'm, it, it just happens that way. You know, if you work hard and you sacrifice and you, you know, you put in the time um, and you have some, some talent, you're going to win the races, but that's, that's not the end all be all. I've lost plenty of races. And honestly, the ones that I've lost, I've learned more out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm very successful from failure, not just from success, because it gives me a walk away, something to improve upon, something to go back and, uh, you know, put on the whiteboard and reanalyze, like, why did that happen? How can I not make that happen again? Whereas if you win, like you said, it's like, man, what do I do? I'm depressed. You know, like I've already right. done it. I've won two times. I won five times. It doesn't matter. And it's, uh, that's when you got to decide, all right, it's time to give back or, or it's time to just do something else. Um, I think that's one of my, one of the big reasons that I wasn't so successful early on is because I was trying to be a triathlete, a winter biathlete, um, balance military jobs, still do marathons. Um, and um, I wasn't doing also course racing, but like best ranger. And I never really focused on one single thing. I was always like being pulled in all these directions. I like to surf. I like to do and I was like, the minute that I actually stopped and focused on that one thing, obstacle course racing and stopped, you know, doing triathlons and stopped doing all this other stuff, that's what made me excel in that one thing. Mm-hmm. So I would say for me is like, yeah, it's really hard to be at that level in multiple sports. Um, you got to pick one and kind of stick to that. And uh, pretty much where, yeah, where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Man, I love that answer. You you encompass in the last probably three minutes a lot of what my guests have mentioned on on here when they've talked. And, you know, I just uh, interviewed Adrian Peterson, NFL veteran, college football Hall of Famer. He talked about hard work and, and you know, being determined. And you also mentioned, you know, one thing I always teach my kids, and I've said it over and over in different podcasts, is we either win or we learn. Right. You know, oftentimes when we're winning, you know, that's easy. You kind of, you kind of slack off a little bit, but you know, Hey, how are you doing? The birthday girl right here. Hey, birthday girl. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give daddy back to you here in a little while. Okay. Yeah, real- <laughs> say hi. And no, you're listening to this podcast, but one of Rob's beautiful girls just went on and we're actually going to be closing this out here so he can go and be with her <laughs> and the family and the family. Um, so Rob, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the family then. You know, at, at what point, when you started Ranger, first of all, when you went into the uh, best Ranger and then the first part of Spartan, you were already married at this point, correct? Uh, yeah, that was um, the very, very first time I, w- I was still on active duty that I did best Ranger. Okay. But, uh, yeah, once I went into the National Guard um, and started going back uh, and competing um, we didn't have any kids, but yeah, I was married. Um, we had just met in um, 2010. I went back in 2012. That's when I I actually tried to compete with one of my friends from active duty, and I got called by the National Guard, and they were like, why are you going around us to do the best ranger competition? I was like, well, what do I got to do? And they're like, well, you have to come to the Warrior Training Center. You got to go through the selection process. You can't just go represent the guard. I'm like, why not? I finished it before, and I want to train at home though. I know you got to come down because we're not going to spend all this money and not have them do well, you know, so they want to, they want to give you the same opportunity that Ranger Regiment and RTB have put you on a couple months um, orders to prepare before the actual competition um, happens. And it's like that across the army. Mm -hmm. You're doing best Ranger. Everybody knows from February, March, you're training, you know, for the competition in April, it's just the way it is. Or, you're going to have a hard time making it past day one. It's just that difficult. But um, 
yeah, so long story short, I, I was um, married. And then that was, uh, yeah, that was like, you know, a process that between, you know, 2012 and 2016 when I won it. And then I went back and competed in 18. Um, yeah, like having a family. Like it was, yeah, we had two kids and uh, seeing them, you know, kind of develop while I was going through this was always hard because they would come with me to Georgia and uh, we would stay in an apartment and I, they would still be right there with me while I was training. So they were a part of that. But the last couple years that I went, they're like in school, you know, they're starting pre-K and kindergarten and everybody was established and it becomes, all right, well, we can't pull them out of school. You know, it's hard. So then I had to go by myself and be away. And that, that was tough because that was like the longest I had been away um, from my kids. And it was, uh, yeah, it was something that you don't really think about until you're there. And then it's like, man, I really miss them. Um, we try to stay up on FaceTime and all that and have them come out during the holidays. Um, but I mean, that's just an extra motivator is seeing them at the competition. Um, and you're not really, you know, supposed to have any action, interaction with the outside. You always have multiple layers of like ropes between you. So you can't like talk to or touch anyone, but you can still see them from a distance and that's like mm -hmm. one of the hardest things about best ranger is like having your family right there <laughs> and not being able to uh and one time my daughter snuck past she just like beelined and gave me a big hug you know it's like what can you do you know little <laughs> kid, um they want i hope they didn't back. deduct any points from you no i think they were good they're like you know hey it's it's a it's a little two-year-old you know like what's <laughs> not that big of a deal but uh yeah so now what, what are some best practices you, you put into place or some things you've done intentionally? Because you talked about your background and your, and your story, um, you know, your father leaving and then you were raised by your uncle uh, and your uncle, you know, was a very big influence on you. And then you go into the Citadel. But what what are some things you've done intentionally over the last couple of years that you've known and you're happy that you've implemented to help you? maintain as much of a balance with your family and with what you're doing with you know OCR racing and all that um you know it's it's kind of a two-way street I mean everyone has a rocky road and my you know I'm not I'm not gonna sugarcoat it there's some times where my wife and I have had you know some, some we haven't saw eye to eye just like every other relationship but you just gotta you know be determined and work through that and a lot of it is because we have unique jobs you know she's a wildlife artist um, she just started doing real estate a lot of times when I'm out doing races, people want to see houses on the weekend. And then we got the kids and it's like, well, I need you here for the kids. And I'm like, well, I got to race because I'm, you know, I got to go. So it's, uh, it's definitely trying to be more vocal. And I've, I've actually said, you know, no to a couple more of, of events or no to some things because, you know, my wife's been there to support me through all the races and all the events that I've been going to watching the kids. And, you know, the balance is me providing for them so that she can stay home. She doesn't have to work um, as hard. So it's, you know, it's definitely, it's a balance now. And I mean, I, I came home this week because uh, yesterday she, um, she uh, sold a house and had to, you know, go let everyone in. And then uh, um, a couple weeks ago, same thing. There was just, you know, a bunch of showings on a weekend. I'm like, hey, I'll, you know, fly home from California and, and watch the kids while you do that. So I think, you know, it's just making that, you know, that exchange and that balance where you kind of help each other out. Um, and we don't have it, like I said, like a normal job where you go and, you know, you work in a nine to five, for, you know, with a company and you, you drop the kids off on daycare and it's very like structured. We're like, 
there's always something, you know, going on that's not scheduled or a last minute. Um, you know, she has to be able to just get a phone call, a lead and leave at any time. And, um, with my military background too, like I'm on active duty right now doing work because, you know, there aren't any OCR races. I got to make, you know, some money and I got to plan for the future. So maybe this is a good time for me to jump back into, um, the military, but, uh, yeah, just keeping that communication open and, um, trying to work through some of that, um, because, you know, the kids are that age where they start to see that now and you got to have that structure and that, you know, relationship, um, for them so that they, uh, they grow up. And I think that's my biggest driving force is being a parent and being a role model for your kids, because that, that's, what's going to make the difference. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. And I think for me, that's it, you know, being a good parent and instilling those values in your kids because there's a certain point where if you didn't do that you know they're not gonna you know they're not gonna live up to you know those those standards that you know we as americans uh look for and, and strive to kind of excel at um and if you're you know a deadbeat dad or something you leave your kid and you know then they're left to grow apart and don't have that role model and I mean, I hate to say it, but that's, that's probably a lot of the problems that are associated with today is, you know, just that simple thing is parents didn't buckle down and really, you know, achieve to be good role models for their kids. But you know, that's just my opinion. Well, man, and I got a similar story to you, Rob, as, as we're closing this out. You know, my father, um, you know, left me and my mom when I was young and I was very fortunate that another man stepped in and became that role model for me. Um, you know, fortunately, I was able to to reconcile back back with my father before he passed away. But, man, I, I echo with you, man, if, if we don't have those role models growing up, uh, you know, it can be tough on us because we don't have somebody that's showing us the way. So, man, I appreciate you sharing that. And in true fashion, as yeah. Rob just said, um, you know, being able to say no. And, you know, Rob is actually doing this interview. So I want to thank him again. He has a birthday party to go to because he only has one day with his family. So we're actually going to um, end this here, Rob. So maybe right. another time down the line, we'll get to these questions from, from your fans out there. But first of all, Rob, I want to thank you for all that you do, your service to the country, um, and just being a great role model in, in many aspects. Really appreciate you in that light, brother. No, I thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, let's definitely figure out a time. Uh, <laughs> maybe when things slow down for me a little bit. Um, and uh yeah we'll we'll knock that out and um yeah i'd hate to i want to you know i want to answer those questions because yeah. it's the fans honestly that motivate me the most sometimes like honestly uh -huh. like seeing them like reached out to me and be like hey i want to do this and then following through and then they'll send me pictures or they'll be like oh that you know advice you gave me was exactly what i needed um you know we're having people reach out to me and just tell me their you know story of how they changed their life um, just because they saw me do a race on YouTube or something blows my mind. That is literally the only reason I'm like such an advocate of social media because there's a, there's obviously that other side that can, you know, very much get in your head and be that negative driving force. And for me, I just block it straight out and just focus directly on the positive. I don't even let it in. You know, it's, I'm at that point where I'll just let it go. If you get blocked or deleted or I don't even acknowledge it, and then just boom. Focus on the positive, right? That's, right. That's a big takeaway.
Right. And maybe, maybe what we can do, Rob, maybe I can email you some of these questions. We'll figure okay. out a way for you to, to interact with them and I'll get the answers back to the, to them for that. I appreciate yeah, we'll do you that. Doing that way that, I can, uh, I'm on some flights. I can hand jam it out on the computer. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll knock it out. Let's do it. Sounds good. Well, all right, brother. So where can, um, where can people reach out to you or connect with you on social media to watch what you're doing and see what you're doing all over the world? Yeah, so um, I guess uh, uh, Robert underscore Killian is my Instagram. That's what I'm the most active on. I still do, um, you know, my, I have an athlete page on Facebook where I try to, you know, get to that as much as possible. But um, yeah, usually DMs, um, I get, I try to sit down for about an hour a week, just go through and look at some of the messages. So I might not get back to you in the first five or six days, but eventually I'll try to scroll through and uh, yeah, get back to people. And then uh, any YouTube search, I mean, you can look for, a couple, um, you know, tips or training videos or stuff that I have on there is probably a good look at previous races. It's always a good, good place to start, right? Everybody, if you don't know how to do something, you don't ask Google anymore. You go to YouTube and somebody's right. got a video about how to do everything there. So it's funny. Awesome. Well, all right, man. Well, I will be seeing, hope maybe one day I'll be seeing you at a Spartan race. But like I said, as I committed Within the first three to six months of Spartan Race opening up, I am going to be competing. So thank you, Rob, for that, for that motivation, man. And again, for, for all that you do and being on this podcast with us. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, if there's any Citadel cadets out there, um, step it out. Get it done. <laughs> That's right. All right. Doer's Journey family, thank you for listening to this podcast with world champion Rob Killian and world champion dad Rob Killian as he's getting ready to go to his daughter's uh, birthday party. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for all that you're doing. Make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer. Go out there and be a doer. Thank you for listening to the Doer's Journey podcast. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can go to Instagram or Facebook and search the Doer's Journey podcast and we'll connect there. And also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. By leaving us a rating, you let us know how we can help you on your Doer's Journey and you also help other people find this podcast. Now go out there, make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer.